When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nine. T minus eight seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff. Hello, and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will, and I am broadcasting this directly from the mothership down to your device. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You can tune in every single day at any place that you find your podcast, including our website, spacenewspodcast.com, which will have links to our Discord, Twitter, Facebook, all those things, all of our socials on our website, spacenewspodcast.com. Now, NASA doesn't want to just go back to the moon. They want to go beyond the moon. And at a 50th anniversary event for Apollo 8, NASA's Jim Bridenstine envisioned the moon's potential for future space exploration. Jim didn't just go to this anniversary event to talk about the moon. He wanted to talk about going beyond the moon to do other great things. And he wanted to talk about the future. So he said, we're talking about the Apollo era with an eye for the future. And we're thinking about the future. What are we doing next and how are we going to accomplish it in the moon? That's all part of this whole equation. And the last time the boots hit the moon was 1972. And now NASA is looking at the moon as a launching pad to go further. Bridenstein said, I want to be clear. We're not going back to the moon. We're going forward to the moon. So they're looking at the future. And they're looking at the bigger context of things. So they're going to use the moon as a jumping point to get to Mars and beyond. And that's, you know, it's part of the Space Policy Directive 1, which was part of Trump's policy. In that policy, Section 1, Directive 4, here we go. It says, Lead an innovative and sustainable program of exploration with commercial and international partners to enable human expansion across the solar system and to bring back to Earth new knowledge and opportunities. Beginning with missions beyond low Earth orbit, the United States will lead the return of humans to the moon for long term exploration and utilization, followed by human missions to Mars and other destinations. That's in section one. That's the first thing in the Space Policy Directive 1 is to use the moon as a jumping point to get to Mars and beyond. So NASA is just following up with this. They're going to do it. And Bridenstine said this time when we go to the moon, we're going to stay. This isn't about leaving flags and footprints but we're going to go with sustainable, reusable architecture so we can go back to the moon over and over and over again. So they're going to establish a reusable command module in permanent orbit around the moon, and they call that the gateway. And 
They say that uh, they want to reuse landers to go back and forth from the gateway to the surface of the moon over and over again. But not just landers, rovers, robots and humans that can all work inside this framework of a reusable architecture. So they want to send everything back and forth to the moon so we can have people shooting up to the moon, to the orbit of the moon, using the gateway going down to the servers of the moon, coming back up to the gateway, and then possibly launching from there back to Earth. Is that what I'm thinking here? Is this what's going on? This is uh, this is some Battlestar Galactica kind of stuff. This is some Star Trek kind of stuff. There's a mothership. We're going to have a mothership around the freaking moon. The gateway is going to be floating around the moon. And Bridenstine pointed out that the last time that they did it, it was a contest of ideas, a contest between nations and this time that when they do it it's going to be open in the way that any country in the planet can go on the website and they can see how we do communications how we do data how we do avionics how we do docking this architecture will enable all the nations of the earth to participate in our return to the lunar surface so that means everybody every nation on earth everybody on earth will have access to these schematics right so they're open sourcing a lot of stuff. Uh, other nations can use it to, you know, build systems to integrate with the mothership in orbit of the moon. And then they can also build rovers and they can also build robots and they can build whatever they want. They can integrate with these systems. And we can all work together to use the moon as a international launching point, a human launching point to someplace beyond the moon, like Mars or the outer solar system. And they're going to be doing it with commercial partners, um, private individuals. The idea being that they're going to retire the risk of what they're, you know, of the technology and of, you know, their astronauts and things like that. They want the private sector to take over those risks. They don't want to spend a lot of energy and time building things to launch people into space. They want the private industry to take care of that. And then NASA will give them directives. NASA will be all about exploration and sending things to, um, you know, to uh, to the outer solar system and beyond. So NASA is going to prove the technology and the capability and they're going to prove the human physiology of everything. So they're going to be doing the tests. They're going to be doing a lot of the science and the other partners, the commercial partners and private partners are going to be doing the heavy lifting. They're going to be doing the, the meat and bones of this thing, like the rockets, the reusable rockets and the robots and the rovers and things like that. And uh, NASA will be there to support them the whole way. And they're going to replicate as much as possible on the way to Mars. So this this moon thing, they're going to learn from it and they're going to use these technologies, use these new strategies and take all of this stuff that they learn from the moon and from this new architecture that they're going to be building and move it towards the Mars area of our solar system, Mars and beyond. And back in 1969, they thought the moon was dry, right? They thought the moon had no water on it at all. And now we know that there's hundreds of billions of tons of water ice on the poles of the moon. So this this stuff is really important. You know, this water ice is super important. It's water to drink. It's air to breathe and life support. It's hydrogen and oxygen can make rocket fuel. And that's amazing. And this is, you know, these are sort of recent discoveries. And these things can help us move beyond the moon to Mars, of course, and beyond. 
you know, I'm going to keep saying that beyond into the solar system, but we don't know, you know, how far we're going to get out there because this is, this is like another little launch point and not only a launch point, you know, for rockets, this is a launching point for technology. These are the things that they're going to be using in the future. Um, the architecture and the way that they build things as in who they use to build things, you know, whether it be SpaceX or Boeing or United Launch Alliance, anybody out there that can do these things. They want to be partners with these people and they want to be partners with these corporations to move forward, to move humanity forward into the outer solar system. It's about time. You know, we've been back to the moon a bunch and we found out, oh, cool. OK, we can do that. We can land people on the moon. That's great. We have the technology to do that. And now they want to move people beyond that. And this is the first step to all that cool stuff that's going to be happening in the near future. And of course, I'll let you guys know if I hear of anything about this in the future. You know, I'm going to keep you guys up to date every single day with the Space News podcast course. And thank you so much for all your support. You are amazing. Every time you listen to this podcast, it pumps me up to go do more. And, you know, like I might do two or three a day, depending on what's going on. But at least, you know, I will at least do one per day. So I want to say thank you for all the support again. Amazing. Uh, Spacenewspodcast.com. You can get all of our info there. All the new uh, episodes are posted up there every day. So you know, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, though. Make sure to uh, subscribe on uh, Stitcher and Google Play and, and on Spotify or wherever you find this podcast. I'm just happy you're here. And from the mothership, my name is Will. This has been the Space News Podcast for today. And I will see you soon. Four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff.